What's that, hot doggers? And oh my god, Jesus Christ, I I hate myself. Uh, what's up, hot doggers? <laughs> and welcome back to a special edition of Coke and a Large Hot Dog. We're doing things a little bit differently this week. There's no new movie. It's just me for this episode. Uh, Brenda and Jacob started asking for crazy things, like if I would feed them and if I could loosen up their shackles just a little bit. And, you know, they're being punished for speaking back to me, so they're not going to be able to make it this week. I'm just kidding. That's that's not true at all. I've personally seen them both eat a healthy amount over the last week. And the only time I ever lock up Jacob is if he asks me to. Anyway... This week, we're hosting the first ever Ultimate Versus competition. Pretty much what we're doing is we're going back through each episode where we've done the Versus category, and we're picking once and for all the definitive champion of each episode. So two things. How are we doing this and why? Well, firstly, in order to keep all of this as objective and fair as possible, Cochleel Hot Dogowitz, the Cochleel Hot Dogowitz, the, the head honcho here, uh, he had the boys from R&D send over a machine that they dubbed the versus meter or something like that. Simply put, what this machine does is it takes in all of the data from each of the movies and then it processes it all of that through trillions of simulations using this like top secret and robust equation that I guess Hot Dogowitz himself created. And then it spits out the projected winner. And what I'm being told is that the machine is like 99% accurate, but because it's a machine and it can't quantify certain human behaviors like uh, sarcasm and bias and things like that, it requires that I give each contestant a score out of five to finish its calculations. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through each movie. I'll recap who each of us picked as our fighter i'll give them an unbiased score based on i'll give them a case of winning like what would have to happen for them to win uh i'll give them a score out of five we'll input it into the versus meter and then it'll spit out a, like a little piece of paper that gives us all of the readings and then from that we'll see who won each episode so now for the second part why are we doing this now, the easy answer is that me, Brenda, Jacob, all of us were just too busy this week and we couldn't find the time to record an actual episode. But the true answer is that each week, honestly, each week our versus category always goes off the rails. And I'm always constantly getting emails from Coakley about how like we never actually picked a definitive winner. It always ends up being a house going into house mode for some reason. He doesn't like that, apparently. I guess he wants us to have actual definitive winners so that we can start enshrining them into what he wants to call the versus Hall of Fame or something like that. I don't know. He's the boss. He's the one who pays the bills. We're just doing what he says. All right, good. And on top of that, this is also going to provide us with actual metrics to determine which one of the three of us is the best at picking fighters because, I mean, presumably if there's a winner each episode, I can tally all these up. We'll see who has the most fighters. And I personally personally cannot wait to throw that into Jacob and Brenda's faces should things break my way. And who knows, you know, if the machine is effective and, it, and it's able to do all of the things that the guys at R&D said it could do, uh, we'll start using it every single episode and picking out the winner right from the get-go. Without any further ado, though, let's get versing. That didn't work. See, it didn't work. I, I, I knew it wasn't going to work. So the first movie, the, the one movie that kicked it all off, the, the very first versus category, National Treasure, 
So this one was pretty contentious. It was the first one that we ever did. We didn't even really understand wh- like <laughs> what the the situation was, whether if it was like a, just like a, a really fast cage match, if they had time to prepare. There's all these questions. But to refresh everyone's memory, I nominated Benjamin Franklin. So the case for Benjamin Franklin, he's clearly a very gifted individual. Beyond being a founding father, he was also a successful businessman, a scientist, an inventor. He certainly has the brains needed to get him through the versus arena. Given the right amount of time, Benjamin Franklin, there's no doubt in my mind that if you give him enough time, he'll be able to devise a way to come out on top. Now for the score. So I wanted to be as unbiased with this as possible. I didn't want, you know, so like people, people from certain other factions of this of this podcast to to hit my DMs and accuse me of being unfair and only giving myself perfect scores and stuff like that. Even though all of my nominees do deserve perfect scores. Uh, but I ended up going with a two out of five for Benjamin Franklin. So while it's true that he has an exceptional mind, his old age provides him with uh, a pretty unique frailty uh, in pure hand-to-hand combat he's almost always gonna lose i mean could you could you name one person that benjamin franklin could probably beat in a in a hand fight right now this is this is even without mentioning the fact that he was alive in the 18th century when medicine and nutrition and shit like that were nowhere near where they are today it would not be surprising if he simply caught some exotic disease in the versus arena and then just died that way is what i'm trying to say Still, the fact that he's so cunning provides him with just the slightest chance that he can win, provided that he survives long enough in the arena to create some kind of device that will help him. So, two out of five. Next up, Jacob nominated the cargo hold. Now, this one is like the source of all of my agony, the whole reason that Cochlear Hodogowitz even had the machine commissioned in the first place. Personally, I don't think there's a case for for the cargo hold. It doesn't even make sense. I mean, but I could go for like 45 minutes on why the cargo hold doesn't even make sense. So I hate this pick. There's no secret. Uh, the cargo hold is literally just a part of a ship. Like, that's it. it. It's been frozen in ice for centuries. And honestly, it can be argued that like if you just left it frozen there, it's out of commission. It's 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 not destroyed per se, but like if you freeze it in place and it can't do anything... I would give whoever froze it in place the victory. Like just because it's still there doesn't mean that it that it, you know, it doesn't just get to be dormant forever, right? Not only that, but the previous claims by certain people that are on this podcast that it is just entirely impervious to gunpowder explosions is just not true. Uh, upon reviewing the tape because I went back and I looked at I looked it up, I looked up the scene, Brenda was a witness. It is clear that Nicolas Cage and Riley are not only pushing debris off of them after the explosion, but there's like pure unobstructed light, like sunlight shining down on them, which means that the integrity of the cargo hold was compromised. There's there's holes in it now. The entire just cargo hold structure is now on them that they have to push off of them so not only does this disprove the cargo holds invincibility but if anything it might even be evidence that nicholas cage and riley themselves are invincible for having to survive shards of wood slapping onto their bodies but i didn't want to be seen as tampering or anything like that i don't want to give anyone any excuses to say i cheated so the score three out of five 
Even though the cargo hold does sustain damage as a result of the gunpowder explosion though, it does take an insane amount of gunpowder to achieve that result. Like, it is a lot of, it's a huge ass explosion and the fact that it's not just like atomized at that point makes it, you know, it's pretty strong. It did break, but it did take a lot of gunpowder at the same time. This is also on top of the fact that the cargo hold has already sustained like centuries worth of waterlog damage and like ice damage, although I don't know how much that ice may have like shielded it or like buttressed it, you know, in, during the explosion, that's up for debate. But it is of my estimation that this score is quite generous, especially when considering the fact that the cargo hold has literally no means of attack. Uh, it just sits there. <laughs> it doesn't do anything, which is my biggest gripe. I don't get how it can win if it just doesn't do anything. Brenda's nominee, Benjamin Franklin Gates. So the case for Benjamin Franklin Gates. Nicolas Cage is a man possessed in this movie. I mean, since a young age, he he's kept his eye on his goal. He Nothing else matters but finding this treasure and someone who has that kind of dedication, a lifelong commitment to something. I mean, they'll probably like do whatever it takes to win, right? Inside of the arena, they someone like that, a man possessed, you never want to get in front of. He's also not entirely decrepit, and uh, and he did kind of exhibit the ability to run and jump, given the right occasion in the movie. There's like there's a couple chases that he's in. He has to jump from a platform to another platform. He's smart, you know. He's he's run of the mill, average man in his forties, you know. Nothing too crazy, nothing too bad, or anything like that. Uh, but he is somewhat quick on his feet, and he's smart, and you know, those are two qualities that I'm sure are extremely beneficial inside of the versus arena. Score, I'm going to give him a 4 out of 5. He's the only contestant that is, that is A, either young enough to, to win or sentient enough because, again, the cargo hold doesn't have a brain, doesn't have arms, doesn't have legs. Ultimately, stupid-ass pick. Hate it. Hate Jacob. Whatever. <laughs> he might be just as smart as Benjamin Franklin when you, like, account for, like, just the 200 years of, like, extra knowledge that he's able to use and uh and he's like 30 years younger and he has all of the benefits of modern medicine and nutrition so he's probably in way better shape still though he is primarily a scholar so you know he there's little evidence of any formal training in physical combat so his lack, lack of experience uh docks him that one point so there you go benjamin franklin two out of five cargo hold three out of five nicholas cage four out of five so i'm going to go ahead and put these into the machine Pull this lever right here. All right, let's see what this machine got for us here. Over the span of trillions of simulations, one pattern kept emerging. Both Benjamin Franklin and the cargo hold would immediately start out in a dead heat between the two of them. Based on various biometrics, we can safely assume that because the cargo hold was of his era, Benjamin Franklin was far more comfortable initiating contact with it. A high in heart rate, dilated pupils, and increased perspiration levels all indicated that Benjamin Franklin was frightened of Nicolas Cage whenever he would appear. This is no doubt due to his modern clothes and speech patterns. Also surprising is the fact that the cargo hold was able to register a respectable amount of damage given. This most commonly manifested in the form of splinters and scratches sustained by Benjamin Franklin when attacking the cargo hold with his bare fists. No matter the initial skirmishing, the end result was always the same, a decisive Nicolas Cage victory. The most common outcome was the one in which Benjamin Franklin would charge straight into the cargo hold and immediately succumb to a heart attack as the shock of the circumstances overwhelmed him. Soon after, Nicolas Cage would simply wheel several barrels of gunpowder into the cargo hold and light them on fire, 
He would then watch from a safe distance as the barrels exploded. Projected winner, Nicolas Cage. All right, well, that's uh, bullshit and wrong because we know Benjamin Franklin would win. I'm going to go ahead and say hard disagree with the whole him just having a heart attack as soon as everything starts. Um, That kind of, I didn't even take that into consideration when I nominated him. The cargo hold performed about as well as I expected. That thing didn't do a goddamn thing. And I mean, I guess I can't really be too surprised with Nicolas Cage coming out on top. Whatever, I'm bitter. Let's move on to the next movie. All right, so next we have Gladiator. This one I remember I did not like. I was I had third on the list. I, I had to pick third, and my contestant was was just bad. But first of all, Jacob picked Tigris of Gaul. So the case for Tigris of Gaul, he's undefeated while coming into the events of Gladiator. That's important. And in fact, the only person who actually technically beat him was even barred from the versus competition. We could not pick Maximus this week. So, I mean, if you combine that with his impressive stature and his intimidating armor, uh, he's certainly a force to be reckoned with. You know, I I certainly would not want to fight him. Plus, his willingness to step into an arena with, like, live tigers in the movie displays his fearlessness and his experience in high-pressure situations. Uh, He's clearly no slouch with hand weapons either. And, I mean, I feel like he would just feel right at home inside the confines of the versus arena so the score i'm gonna give tigris a four out of five i mean he's undefeated for a reason he's smart he's experienced he's talented enough to go toe-to-toe with just about anybody uh unfortunately during the events of the movie he's like way past his physical prime uh so that might like hinder him in the arena where you need to just be in peak physical shape to be able to come out on top as we saw with benjamin franklin's old ass uh nevertheless you know i think his resume speaks for itself and he's not going to be an easy out next contestant for that week was proximo uh specifically proximo in his heyday this was brenda's pick uh the case for proximo he literally earned his freedom via his achievements in the coliseum i mean this guy can fight and he can win over the crowd to gain your freedom and a golden sword from the emperor himself, like he, he, clearly he's a badass. Clearly he did crazy shit inside of the arena. Clearly he's a good fighter. The fact that Brenda specified him in his heyday is also a really big advantage for him. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a five out of five. Obviously a capable fighter. He has the heart to take on any opponent. He has the charisma, like only matched by his peak physical form too. Like he was probably unstoppable back in his day. Uh, and he doesn't exhibit any clear weaknesses in the movie. I mean, he's smart. He's always on alert. So I'm going to give him a solid five out of five. Now, my nominee for that week, aforementioned suck-ass pick, was the horse that runs over Maximus's child in that one scene where Maximus is trying to race back to his family. Uh, the case for this horse, I mean, it's a, it's a fucking psychopath. Uh, anyone that can shoulder check a small child at 55 miles an hour clearly has no conscience. He has no heart, no fear. This horse, you know, has powerful horse legs, uh, which can probably be particularly devastating if he's able to get one of those horse back kick things off in the arena. But other than that, I mean, he's still just a horse and could probably probably be easily outsmarted. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him a two out of five. The horse is a prime physical specimen and can outrun and outkick either of the other two opponents. But his lack of thumbs, or any fingers for that matter, 
plus his failure to exhibit like a basic understanding of the concept of the versus competition neither of those work in his favor still you know the sheer size of physicality uh, it gives him enough to lean on where he can get two out of five so let's see who wins this week All right, let's see what this bullshit says. <clears throat> and I quote, The horse that trampled Maximus's child showed a strong pattern of taking the early lead. I'm just going to stop reading there. Uh, I think we're good, right? This was often achieved by simply running to the center of the arena and spinning in a circle while bucking its back legs. The failure of Tigris and Proximo to get close enough to be in range, however, is what would most often strip the horse of any advantage. That's horse shit. The, the horse could obviously fly and move and kick them in the face if you wanted to. In fact, what occurred most frequently is that Tigris and Proximo would team up in coordination against the horse to get it out of the way as fast as possible. Once the horse was no longer in contention, the rest of the match was almost always long, drawn out, and dead even. Tigris proved to be an exceptional fighter even in his old age, and had he been any closer to his prime, he may have achieved victory more often than not. Whatever the case, Proximo's peak physical form and extensive experience in combat proved to be too much for either of the other two contestants to overcome. Winner, Proximo, Brenda, two points, this whole thing, horse shit. I, no imagination, no, I don't even... The next movie, I I feel like I have a... Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to front. I'm definitely losing this week again. God, I'm so bad at this category. The next movie that we did was Little Mermaid. So, quick rundown of the contestants again. Brenda went with the obvious pig, Giant Ursula. Uh, the case for Giant Ursula, I mean, at this point of the movie, she's queen of 75% of Earth's surface. I mean, she rules all of the oceans and all of the seas. She has a magical trident with, like, untold power, and she's godzilla size. Match this with her pure black evil heart and her joy of inflicting pain on others. And, I mean, you have a frightening beast on your hands. She's She's conniving. She's scrappy. She has a proven track record of like working decades towards whatever she wants. Like this woman is it, it, all she needed was the trident and she's unstoppable. Her score. I'm gonna give her a four out of five. Like I know what you're thinking. I just went on and on about how great she is. Why isn't she a five out of five? She's a formidable contestant, no doubt. But the fact that she's defeated by a single stab of a boat makes me think that, you know, her defense is kind of severely lacking. Like, yes, she's giant. Yes, she has a magical trident that can shoot laser beams at everyone. But she's soft. You know, she's squishy. Her octopus body is like a glaring area of concern. I mean, if she doesn't have armor on, she's like a glass cannon, pretty much. Uh, I mean, still, though, her impressive stature, extensive knowledge of spell and potion craft, her aforementioned dominion over all the seven seas, they're enough to get her to four out of five. Jacob's nominee was just a shit ton of fireworks <laughs> the case for that the 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 fireworks in the little mermaid are, are pretty pretty fucking strong i mean a small collection of them are enough to completely obliterate an entire ship if you take that into consideration then it's no stretch to to say that they have what it takes to damage ursula's already as we went over her soft squishy octopus body their score, I'm going to give them a 3 out of 5. You know, normally fireworks, the, especially ones that are this strong, I would rate higher. But seeing as they require, like, an open flame to be effective, 
and the fight is presumably taking place in the middle of the open ocean i mean we don't know the versus arena is always constantly changing it's like a hunger game situation we don't know if it's in the desert maybe they have a better chance if it's in the ocean as like i think it's going to be then they i mean how are you going to light them on fire in the middle of the ocean you know so i'm gonna dock a couple points for that uh and also they have to get pretty close to be effective like like you got to be right up on ursula to for the for the blast to do damage to her if, it, if it's even off by like a few yards she might be able to escape you know what i mean so so you know just the fact that they need to get so close to her and need fire i'm gonna just dock off a couple points now my contestant for this week like i said was garbage i picked ursula's contract for some reason and this was even after brenda had already picked ursula and they pretty quickly i remember just (laughs) did away with me saying that like how would I ever be Ursula? Like if Ursula wrote the contract, couldn't she just void it out as quickly, you know? So it was honestly a pretty dumb ass pick in my, from me. Now the case for this one is a little interesting and controversial. (laughs) The only reason that I picked it is because in the National Treasure episode, apparently the cargo hold won because it was indestructible. And, and same, the same case is true in, in the Little Mermaid. The, the contract King Triton isn't able to break with his trident. So that's the only reason I picked it. I was going for that whole 100% defense, 0% offense thing. The logic being that it, if if you can't destroy it, then it'll win by default just by outlasting its opponents, even though it, it can't do anything to physically hurt its opponents. The score, I'm going to give it a 1 out of 5. Uh, this is honestly probably the worst pick in the history of the versus competition. I really can't defend it. It's just a soggy piece of paper that only weakness is ursula who is another contestant in the competition so i mean i don't really expect this one to win let's go ahead and put everything into the machine let's see what the results are and you know what i think this one is going to be i think this one's going to be the one where i finally get on the board i think i've just been having too much negative energy i'm impacting the machine but the whole time you know i was trying to stay positive i know i know i'm like coming up against it odds wise but you know i'm positive let's go we're gonna do this come on you and me ursula's contract let's go all right Deviating from nearly all initial projection models, which are calculated using a wide array of combat metrics, Ursula's contract was able to establish a clear pattern of dominating large portions of the match. Let's go. Despite scoring a sum total of 0.0 on its offensive rating, we knew that, it's fine, Ursula's contract nevertheless registered substantial outgoing damage figures. This would often happen as a result of Ursula herself trying to attack the contract, but due to its indestructible nature, most incoming damage would ricochet perfectly off the contract and back at Ursula. Ursula's immediate obsession with destroying the contract almost always resulted in the shit ton of fireworks being able to get close enough to Ursula's soft spots where they would then inflict more than enough damage to kill her. So it was me and Jacob teaming up situation. I like it. I like it. Curiously enough, the death of Ursula always led to a sudden defeat of the Ursula's contract, which would cease to exist as soon as the author did. Winner shit ton of fireworks? What? No. 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 As a side note, statistically speaking, Ursula's contract remains the weakest contender to ever enter the versus arena. Okay, I mean, I don't know why that has to be in size 3 font just at the bottom. I, I don't... This machine has not spit out any 
side notes up until now. The f- this thing's broken. All right, so the following week after that was a was a duo week. I remember Brenda wasn't on for this episode. We ended up doing the Fast and the Furious, me and Jacob. I thought I had an ace in the hole. Uh, I'm not so sure about it now, looking back on it. But I ended up picking Dominic Toretto. The case for Dominic Toretto is simple. You know, he's borderline indestructible. The the it, It's only in the confines of the first Fast and Furious, but if you, like... If you take into account all of everything that he's able to achieve in the entire saga, I mean, like he beats the rock in hand to hand combat. He like f- he flies face first through this like crate to headbutt Shaw, uh, which is just insane. Like he's a, he becomes a human torpedo. Basically, he sails through the air at one point to catch Letty in midair and then lands on his back, absorbs the entire shock of like they're traveling like 80 miles an hour and then just takes it all on his back like and doesn't even make a sound like this man is indestructible add that to the fact that dominic is the ultimate master of his own universe in this franchise like vin diesel essentially calls all the shots i thought that (laughs) i thought that i had an ace in the hole because i just didn't couldn't see a way that vin diesel would ever allow himself to lose in this universe the score i gave him a five out of five I mean, there doesn't exist a character in this universe more suited to win than him. In in the entire Fast franchise, he just wins. Like, he always just finds a way to win. It's Dominic. He's always going to come through. He's like, I mean, he's been saving the world for basically nine movies now, and, and he's still in peak physical form. He's not showing any signs of slowing down either. So, I mean, he's an expert planner. He's an expert fighter. He's an expert racer. He's an, he's just an expert. So, I mean, without any clear weaknesses that can be exploited, I, I have no choice but to give him a five out of five. And then Jacob had to go and ruin my ace in the hole by picking the one person that could probably ever beat Dominic, and that was with Letty. And I mean, Letty's one tough son of a bitch. I mean, the case for Letty, she saved the world nearly as many times as Dominic. And the only time that she wasn't there to save the world with him was because she was too busy being an unstoppable, like, killing machine mercenary uh, after she lost all her memory and shit like that. So she's she has the experience, too. Like, she, she can fight and she can shoot. And she, like, shows no hesitancy ever. Uh, she's comfortable with firearms, comfortable in hand-to-hand combat, comfortable in vehicles all of this all, everything that can be said about dominic is basically letty she's not afraid of anything either least of all dominic who she shoots when he gets in her way so because of all of this you know i'm gonna give her a five out of five yes you know aside from the odd case of total amnesia that she might suffer she's clearly a five-star pick she's ruthless she's talented she never gives up when faced with near impossible odds. I mean, you can ask Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey if she can fight. You know what I mean? All right, it's time to get on the board here. Let's go. Despite the Versus-O-Meter's best attempts to project a winner as a result of combat, the Versus-O-Meter received system errors 100% of the time. What the hell? It wasn't until base parameters were modified that the true outcome was able to manifest neither letty or dominic ever once tried to attack each other instead once both contestants learned of the purpose of the arena they each tried to sacrifice themselves so the other one would win from this point the versus ometer was able to simulate trillions of matches that would consist of one contestant almost sacrificing themselves only for the other to save them and then also try to sacrifice themselves this would go back and forth for varying amounts of time but the result was always the same 
Dominic would save Letty and then incapacitate her through non-lethal means, at which point he would sacrifice himself uninterrupted. The most common way he would do this is by driving his Dodge Charger straight into a rocket as it was blasting off and getting dragged to outer space. Winner, Letty. I mean, that's not how I thought it was going to play out, but uh, I'm not really that surprised that Lady won. I am surprised that I'm still not on the goddamn board yet, seeing as I was the one who pitched this category in the first place. Um, I'm garbage, and if my next pick doesn't win, I'm going to stop recording this. Alright, Monster House. So, this one was interesting. Uh, going back on it, I, I honestly did not have a favorite. The contestants, Jacob picked Skull, uh, who's a legend, who's dope as hell who i i'm personally rooting for the case for him he's clearly either a being from a higher dimension or is in contact with beings from higher dimensions because he just like his extensive knowledge of obscure fields of academia that might be the deciding factor in the arena some some a, a place that demands just as much brain as it does brawn um, I mean, he has a, obviously has a proficiency in handling swords, as he demonstrates inside of the arcade, and he's just cool at all times. Always has a cool demeanor, never cracks, killer, hustler in his eyes, you know? Score, four out of five. He's never going to back down from a fight. Uh, he has exceptional hand-eye coordination. He probably can rely on his sheer breadth of knowledge to get him through most scenarios, but his lack of nutrition and his, you know, not being in shape do dock him one point. Brenda then went ahead and nominated actual Nick Cannon. How that makes sense, I don't know. Not even his character. She just went ahead with real-life Nick Cannon, which you would think would help her. So the case for him is that he's a real, tangible, human, six-foot man. Uh, probably has an impressive wingspan. span. I mean, uh, Google Images, his arms look pretty long. Uh, and he's and I mean he's probably been in his fair share of fights. I don't really know Nick Cannon personally, but I mean I'm sure that he has been in a fight or two before. Uh, still though, his score is a two out of five. I uh, knocked three whole points off. I mean it, it should be a zero out of five, honestly, for just just getting bodied so hard by Eminem multiple times and just never knowing when to give up. That's enough to knock off three whole points. Two out of five. This week, I came with Mr. Nebercracker. I was surprised that he fell all the way down to me at number three. I mean, he, this guy's a beast. He's he's a durable fighter. Uh, he sustains some kind of injury at the beginning of the movie, but comes back less than, less than like two days later, like is almost nearly healed enough to come back home. Extensive military experience, mastery of explosives, deceptively strong, which is showcased when he is able to rip apart that tricycle and then meld it back together with just sheer force. Doesn't have to tighten any bolts or anything like that. He just fuses the metal with, with just his sheer strength. I mean, he's borderline a superhero. He's just a little bit old though. So I'm going to give him a four out of five. He's way past his prime, still recovering from a moderate injury. Not a hundred percent. If you target that arm, you could probably, you know, wither him down enough to, to, to figure it out. But, I mean, just his sheer rage it might just be enough to get him through the arena. I mean, I don't know. Four out of five, pretty even week aside from the Nick Cannon <laughs> nomination. And then, plus, Nebercracker's Never experience in the military cannot be understated. I mean, he, he's, he's probably killed a man with his bare hands. Several men with his bare hands. Yeah. 
Alright, so I know I'm not on the board yet, but this win is really mostly just about making sure that Nick Cannon is not the winner. I'll be pissed off if Nick Cannon is the winner. Um, with such strong base stats, it is no surprise that Skull dominated as much as he did during simulations. Alright, that makes sense. Using raw physical prowess and wisdom in Arcana, Skull was able to establish commanding dominance over the other two contestants. Jesus Christ. Which is why the projected winner is so surprising. Before we name him, however, we do have to note that Nick Cannon immediately tripped and broke his neck a staggering amount of times. Even when accounting for rather fair margins of error, the rate at which this occurred proves that this is the most likely outcome by far. <laughs> okay, once the match became a one versus one scenario, Skull would continue to establish his dominance. Yet despite the odds, Mr. Nebercracker routinely found a way to eke out victory. Let's go. I'm on the board. This most commonly manifested in one of two ways. Skull would rely on his ability to cast fire magic from his hands, but if his mana levels became depleted, Mr. Nebercracker would simply charge him and strangle him to death. Okay. If Skull was better about managing his mana, Mr. Nebercracker would instead resort to throwing sticks of dynamite at Skull, who would catch them with his fire hands instinctively, whereby igniting them and causing them to detonate. Winner, Mr. Nebercracker... I don't even care that this is the wackiest uh, outcome that this thing has printed so far. I, I'm taking the W. Next movie. All right. So for The Departed, this one is actually is actually going to be really, really close. I'm assuming just because of the, the sheer talent that's going into the arena for this week. I'm interested to see what happens. Brenda came in strong with Mr. French. She stole my pick. That was who I was going to pick. I was pissed off. The case for Mr. French, I mean, he's a career criminal. Uh, crimes that include, among other things, violent, violent, violent murder. I mean, he's he's aggressive. He's cold-blooded. He kills his own wife, you know, and, like, barely even flinches at that. I mean, he's capable of anything if, if, if you can do that. He's, he's clearly exceptional when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat. We see it with the four-piece that knocks a man out cold. Just a scary, scary individual who I would never want to fight. Score, I'm going to give him a 4 out of 5. I mean, there's not many who would be the favorite in a pure fist fight with Mr. French. If he's, if he's able to, in the arena, somehow whittle it down to just a pure fist fight, no tools, no traps, no anything like that. He's able to just hand-to-hand, -hand, mano a mano. I mean, he, he's a force to be reckoned with. And also, let's not pretend that he wouldn't be just completely at home in the arena like he would enter into the arena without even asking a question he's just like all right i guess now i'm battling to the death i'm mr french who gives a shit like let's get this done the only reason i'm knocking off a point is because his extreme loyalty to frank kind of indicates that he's better at taking orders than being independent so if he's not going into the arena with a plan i'm not too confident in his ability to like adapt you know and 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 learn and and devise traps and things like that he might he might get tricked easily is what i'm trying to say so minus one point then jacob took my second pick this is another week that i had to go third which i hate doing he went with sergeant dignum i mean that is just as solid as pigs come if there's a perfect mirrored clone of mr french but just for the good guys it's sergeant dignum i mean he has all of mr french's best qualities he uses them for justice rather than self but i mean still he's clearly as capable of a fighter as mr french as physically imposing as scary looking and he's kind of just like the perfect amount of paranoid like he doesn't trust anyone he's always kind of looking over his shoulder which i think would be 
very invaluable in the arena. So I'm gonna give him a four out of five. He has the physical and mental requirements to be a very decent fighter. He possesses the ruthlessness to get the job done. I mean, he kills Colin in his apartment at the end without any due process, without anything like that. So he's not like one of those like, 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 oh, you know, you got to do it right. He's not like some Captain America ass. Like if he thinks someone should die, he's going to go out and kill him. So that's kind of what you need in the arena. Uh, the only thing going against him is the fact that the field is so, so strong in this in this case. Uh, he's he can't be a five out of five because that would give him per, like an advantage over the other two people, which I don't think he has. I think it's pretty dead even. Which brings me to my nominee. I went with Billy Costigan. He's as scrappy as they come. He he his stint in jail, no doubt prepared him for the brutality of the arena. Uh, you know his ability to go undercover is a perfect example of his adaptability. He's not afraid to throw the first punch either. Like uh, most people have like a code, like they don't start fights, but like Billy doesn't give a shit. He's going to throw the first punch if, if he feels like he needs to. And he's incredibly alert. I mean, we're talking about Sergeant Dignam always having his head on a swivel. Billy is constantly looking over his shoulder. He's never going to get snuck up on. He's never going to get like fall into a trap or anything like that. That's a major advantage to have going into the arena. Four out of five. All three of them have four out of five. This is why I'm particularly excited to see who won. Let's see here. After trillions upon trillions of simulations, the versus meter has no choice but to consider the matchup a draw. This particular outcome is extremely rare, though not impossible. It typically happens as a result of all three contestants simply being so evenly matched that they all kill each other at the exact same time. This is not the case for these three contestants, however. Instead, the most common pattern that emerged was a simple refusal by any of the three contestants to let anyone else gain any momentum. When presented with the possibility of two of them teaming up on the third, each contestant flat out refused. Not only that, but none of them ever allowed the other two to fight it out in order to then face the hobbled survivor. Each contestant proved too headstrong to let the others establish any kind of momentum, and because of this, all three routinely survived, forcing the result to be a draw. I mean, I didn't even know a draw was possible, but it makes sense for this week. All three of them are four out of five. Like, I I figured it was going to be all of them just killing each other, but I guess I I don't even, I'm counting this as a win for me. So let's go. All right. Next movie was I Love You, Man. And this one, this one's kind of okay. So whereas The Departed was pretty even, pretty dead even, this one is about as one-sided as you could possibly get. Jacob went first with Lou Ferrigno. I mean, clearly the best choice. Clearly the best choice out of anyone in the movie. He's easily the strongest, most physically dominant person in the entire movie. Uh, and he's the only person in the entire movie probably that even has, like, a single muscle. Like, no one in this movie is in shape except for him. Uh, and one other nominee, but not as much. I mean, Lou Ferrigno was a, was a Mr. Universe contestant. Like, this guy is a, is a monster. The fact that he was able to dispose of Sidney so quickly, too, proves that, like, his physique isn't just for show either, you know? Like, he, he clearly is comfortable putting people in chokeholds and has to have some kind of training in other forms of martial arts i'm gonna give him a five out of five uh because he's so big and because he's so strong but also just because of how weak the rest of the competition is like i kind of needed to compensate and give him a perfect score just to like you know like i said compensate for for the disparity um 
Five out of five. Good luck to the other two. I went ahead and picked Peter. Uh, I tried to... <laughs> I tried to, like, say that if you gave Peter a fencing sword, like, if he's able to find a fencing sword in the arena somewhere, like, maybe he'll pose, like, a, some kind of threat. He's pretty, de- like, adept with the with the saber, as you call it. So you can't give him, like, a zero out of five. I went with a, f- a two out of five. Then Brenda came in with the surprise pick, Lonnie. I mean, initial thoughts, smallest dude, weakest guy, immediately dying, right? Wrong. I mean, I thought about it. I wanted to give him a low-ass score. And, yes, okay, Lou Ferrigno was the strongest contestant, but... I don't know, Lonnie might have like an equally big advantage when it comes to speed. Like he's an avid soccer fan. He his job is being a fitness coach. He probably is like a quick, like little powerhouse. Like he he's conditioning is no doubt through the roof. I mean, if you play soccer, you gotta like be able to constantly be running. His is he has probably has like energizer bunny stamina and it might be like enough like it might be the key to outlast peter or lou like if you could just kind of run around and like do like little jabs and stuff like that like i could see him maybe winning in a long shot bet i gave him a three out of five he's no slouch when it comes to working out he's in shape even if he's not physically imposing i don't know he just doesn't seem easily intimidated and it might just be enough to get him over the top so three out of five solid not not a favorite not an underdog but solid Oh, shit, already? All right. Um, The outcome of this particular match proved to be the easiest and fastest for the versus O-meter to predict, with the winner being projected only a mere 860,743,298,212 simulations in. Whatever leads Lonnie and Peter were able to manufacture in the initial seconds of the match were erased by Lou Ferrigno 100% of the time. In fact, 98.4% of the time, Lou Ferrigno was able to secure victory at the 6 second mark. And every time he was able to do it by grabbing both Peter and Lonnie by the back of the head and bashing them together like Stone Cold Steve Austin did with cans of beer. Decisive winner, Lou Ferrigno. Okay, so... I mean, clearly the robot is a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. That's pretty much <laughs> the only thing that stuck. <laughs> And now for the most recent week for training day. This one, this one I had the first pick. So if I don't win, I'm like speechless. All right. For everyone that has, hasn't been keeping track up to now, Brenda's at two, Jacob's at three, and I still have only one victory. I went ahead and picked Alonzo. I mean, I feel like this is a no brainer pick. He literally beats Jacob in the movie. Like, I don't know how, how else to like explain one on one in an apartment complex, like fist fight. We know how it's going to play out. Alonzo's gonna dominate by the end of the fight Jake was like borderline unconscious on the floor and Alonzo didn't even have to freshen up for his meeting with the Russians like he just like kind of like brushed his suit off and then was ready to go he didn't have to take a shower he didn't have to grab a band-aid anything like that like he was ready to go not only that but he's swift and cunning enough to draw a gun on Jake twice I mean three times technically if you want to count the old drop to the floor and shoot the shotgun under your bed rigmarole that he did at the end of the movie on the other hand, though, he is easily disarmed by Jake. I mean, Jake just rips the bitch straight out of his hand, gets caught off guard. And then the fact that he lets Jake live at the end and he's arrogant enough to think that Jake would just give up. I mean, it's indicative of a deeper problem. Like, let's let's just say it. he underestimates Jake the entire movie. Like someone like that 
probably will let his foot off the gas right at the right at the finish line and then and then end up coming in second place because he just started celebrating too early. For that reason, I gave him a four out of five. He's exceptionally skilled, exceptionally cunning, exceptionally ruthless. He can win this if he like stays focused. I just don't know how focused he can be at all times. Honestly, was thinking about giving him a six out of five just of how, because of how he handles his pistols too. It's just so fucking cool that he should get a six out of five. But I ended up giving him a four out of five. So then Brenda came in with Jake, and I mean his case is is pretty clear too. You know he's the snail that never gives up. He like never gives up in this movie. And even though he has a tendency to find himself in like really bad situations. He almost always figures out a way to get out. I mean, he always figures out a way to get out of trouble. And he's not a scrub either. Like, he he has a comfortability with firearms. He can he can hold his own in a fist fight. He lands a couple of solid shots on Alonzo. And he takes down two fully grown men in an alleyway. He's never intimidated. He stares down multiple barrels that are just pointed in his face. Never breaks a sweat. Always cool, calm, and collected. I mean, he even tries to take on Smiley, Moreno, and Sniper all at the same time, even though it's pretty clear that he's about to die and, like, has no shot at winning. So he's just going to go down swinging, which is something that's really important to have. I gave him a 4 out of 5. He's a formidable fighter. He has the experience. He has the heart. He has a smaller physical frame, and he kind of has, like, an obliviousness that, like, puts him in harm's way when it shouldn't. Like, he should probably be more aware of his, like, like surroundings and like not be so trusting and stuff like he walks headfirst into his own assassination just shit like that might get him in trouble in the arena but still a four out of five and then this one was kind of hard to grade uh jacob ended up going with the bitch uh super cool i mean kind of just cool just to say the bitch uh the case for him the bitch is a shotgun shotguns are very powerful and i mean they have a proven track record of killing things that are alive uh, the bitch becomes even more powerful if you give it like arms and legs or like any form of locomotion for that matter, which is another reason why I didn't really know how to grade it. I don't know if we're giving it like an ability to move around and shit. Cause if it's just like the bitch sitting on a table and can only shoot in whatever direction it's like initially placed, then it's kind of fucked. But if it can move around, then it's like definitely way stronger. So, I mean, I don't really know what the versus meter has in store for it, but like, all in all, I have to give it a 3 out of 5. It's just definitely the scariest entrant. Like, if it was living, I would not want to face a shotgun. And in terms of, like, pure just destructive potential, obviously it's number one. It has the fastest time to kill all of the above. But beyond its, like, lack of legs, like, even if you didn't take that into consideration, if it misses all of its shots, it's fucked. Like, it's significantly less effective if, it, if all of its rounds miss. And Jake and Alonzo also wear bulletproof vests in the movie so like if they just kind of stay out of the effective range of the shotgun it's also like a detriment to the shotgun so i i went with three out of five let's go ahead and find the last winner i swear to god it better be me or else i'm rioting and i'm never doing the show ever again All right, the very existence of the hot doggo versus at stake here. This match was yet another case of one contestant controlling large portions of the match only to be routinely defeated at the end. I swear to God, it better not say Alonzo. In nearly every simulation, Jake would emerge as the first potential victor. Using his speed and quick reflexes, he would most commonly spring for the bitch and then use it to his own benefit. 
The bitch would then retaliate by firing an expended shell backwards into the face of Jake, who would then drop the bitch as the hot shell seared his skin. At this point, the bitch would terminate Jake a myriad number of ways, though the most effective was firing once into each of his kneecaps and then blowing his head off once his body folded to the floor. Good lord. The bitch would then spend varying amounts of time searching for Alonzo, who always relied on his above-average hiding metrics to get the drop on the bitch. In initial testing, the bitch's biggest weakness was determined to be its lack of effectiveness once all of the trials were fired, and this proved to be the case once Alonzo would squeeze its trigger and waste whatever remaining shots it had left. From there, it was Alonzo's choice how he wanted to dispose of the shotgun, but the result was always the same. Winner, Alonzo. That is another one for me and the last one to win. So in my book, I currently have the championship belt. Uh, that's pretty much the whole point of this thing is just to once again establish that I am the best. And I think we did a pretty good job. So <laughs> nice. Those are the results from the newly minted versus Ometer prototype machine here that Coakley Al Hadagowitz sent to us. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this quick episode of me running down all of the official quote-unquote official victors even though i think all of my people should have won i i'm honestly pissed off but yeah other than that we'll see you guys next week uh hopefully with a full episode in the meantime you could always reach us at our twitter at coke large hot dog or at our email coke and a large hot dog at gmail.com any questions comments movie suggestions anything like that make sure you share us with your friends leave a five-star review if you can whatever we'll see you guys next week take it easy city slickers.